0: These social networks, we're putting a lot of effort into growing up their businesses, basically. And it's great to have a lot of followers. And I love having a lot of followers, but you know who knows what I might do later in the future. So it's nice to have everyone's email address too.
1: You are now tuned into the Macy Muse Unplugged a pop-up podcast variety show helping consultants along their journey to greatness with your host, management consultant, author, and blogger, Christy Lindor.
2: Hey, Michael Getters. Welcome to the Missy News Unplugged podcast show. I'm your host, Christy Lindor. Thrilled to be bringing you episode 46, and today we're going to be speaking with Tori Mystique. A little bit about Tori. She is a consultant and a coach, blogger. She's also Go-Getters, a social media influencer, so she's really huge on Instagram. You can check her out on Team Mystique, but she has well over 30,000 followers, and what she's going to talk to us about today, Go-Getters, is really how you can really grow your business, Being really super specific and super niche. And I think when most consulting companies or individuals decide to go into the space, they really start out really broad. And what I love about Tori's strategy is that instead of kind of going broad as a social media consultant and marketer and coach, she decided to go really specifically niche. So Tori's consulting business primarily focuses on helping women-led businesses really grow their business using Instagram. I think it's a really cool story and a really great example of how you can take a different path and really be able to, you know, take your business to the next level. So I think you'll really enjoy today's conversation, go-getters. Tori also leaves us a freebie. So if you go to bcnews.com, click on today's show notes, you will find a tutorial on how to create Instagram stories. And what I really love about Tori's best practices, they actually work. I know for me personally, full disclosure, i I'm still on my journey to greatness when it comes to my social media game. I've had a really kind of bad, I'd say, social media presence up until about a year ago when I decided to begin to grow my presence from the ground up. And so check out my Instagram. If you could follow me on Missy Muse on Instagram, you'll see some of the tactics that Tori shares on today's show as well as in her tutorial I've actually started to put into use. So follow me, let me know what you think and I think you'll enjoy today's conversation. So with that, let's get started. Tori, thank you so much for joining us on the Missy Muse. How are you doing today? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. And so Tori, where are you located at this moment? I live in Pittsburgh, PA. Well, thank you so much for making time to connect. I guess before we get started, because I, I so want to get started with this interview. I've got so much questions for you, Tori. But Yay. before we start, maybe we can start by introducing yourself to the go-getters of The Me is Unplugged.
0: Sure. So as you said, my name is Tori Mystic. I live in Pittsburgh, where I was born and raised. And I've been a social media consultant for about eight or nine years, working primarily with small businesses here in Pittsburgh. But I've also consulted with businesses all over the world, really, and with large nonprofits and museums and brands and just a huge variety. And for About eight years, I consulted on every kind of social media you could imagine, and even ones that don't exist anymore. (laughs) And then last year in 2017, I rebranded my business to niche down into Instagram coaching and consulting. So, since my last name is Mystic, I called it Insta Mystic and came up with some really fun branding around that with like crystals, which I'm really into personally, and just sort of a nice, like, positive vibe message to everyone and started focusing in on working with women entrepreneurs and creative women. And it's just been really exciting. Before this interview, we were chatting a little bit and you said the term micro niche, I think, right?
2: Right, right.
0: Yeah. And I never really heard anyone say that exact term before. But yeah, I definitely have created a little micro niche for my consultancy. And it never ceases to amaze me just how effective you can be You think you're going to reach less people when you go super, super specific, but you just reach people who are a better fit for you. And so my business has really grown a lot and I'm just more fulfilled by it since I did that. So that's been really cool. And then in addition to all of my social media work, several years ago, I started a blog about me and my dog and that has really taken off as well. So it's called Wear, Wag, Repeat and I create content there for stylish dog
2: moms. Oh my gosh. I so love everything. Everything about your brand, Tori, can I tell you? Thank you. (laughs) I went to your site and like all of your different uh, social media and hands down, I don't get impressed that often, but I found your brand to just pop online. Like it's very clear who you are it's very clear like who your brand is for and your everything you have is just it just looks phenomenal and I'm like I want to be like Tori when I grow up <laughs> with my social media because you definitely I mean to go-getters I'll make sure I'll definitely add all the links to Tori's sites and her information but if you want to step up your social media game you want to step up your Instagram game Tori is the person and I definitely can use your help because that is an area of opportunity, I should say, Tori, for me. (laughs) Room for improvement. That's the positive way
0: to look at it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, you talked about being a dog mom. So I'm one of those folks that I have a ton of dogs that I follow on Instagram. So when I saw yours, I was like, oh my goodness. So tell us a little bit about your fur baby. I'd love to just kind of hear a little bit about it. Yeah, sure. Well, I'm looking at her right
0: now. She's a six-year-old chocolate lab (laughs) named Lucy. I feel like I'm on a dating show and I'm giving her like dating profile. (laughs) Her favorite foods include bananas and yogurt. And I work from home. So we spend a lot of time together and working from home and being a consultant for all these years, like having a set schedule really helps me stay productive and stay efficient with my work. And so my dog just is such an integral part of that because she likes to eat her breakfast at exactly seven o'clock and she likes to eat her dinner at exactly five o'clock. So I have really set bookends at either end of my day. And we usually take a lot of walks in the middle of the day too, which is nice because I think getting up out of your chair and away from your computer And I listen to a lot of podcasts when I walk her. So I love listening to business podcasts while we're walking. And then I come back to my computer and I have like a million ideas. So Lucy is, she's my partner in business and life and
2: everything. That's awesome. So I love a lot of that. I was looking at all the pictures online of Lucy and she is adorable. Thank so you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing a little bit about that. And like I said, we'll put the links out for the go to check you out. I was checking. It's very impressive. You've got well over 30,000 followers on Instagram.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's I've impressive. working really hard at that. And that's how I decided to pivot my business and focus on Instagram because I've found the way to have a lot of success over there and sort of developed a system to grow that in a way that wasn't really working anymore on Facebook or Twitter. So,
2: right let's take a step back. You know, when you talked a little bit about earlier that you were doing social, kind of general social media consulting, and then there was a pivot, there was a crossroads that you faced in which you decided to, you know, really get more into a niche space. Maybe share a little bit about kind of what maybe happened during that time and what was your experience kind of making that conversion?
0: Yeah. So just to backtrack back to the early, early days when I first started a few years into my social media business, I remember saying to myself, if I'm still managing people's Facebook fan pages in 10 years, just kill me. (laughs) And so it's really funny that it was like about eight or nine years in when I decided to kind of change the structure of what I was doing. And so it's just, I think I grew in the same sort of way that Facebook grew and changed. And like many relationships, we grew apart. (laughs) So I don't really enjoy spending that much time on Facebook. And it was really draining to me. And it was just hard to get my clients' pages to perform the way that I wanted them to. And I was growing my Instagram account for my blog. And in about a year for my Teamistic account, I grew it from 1,500 to 10,000 in about a year. So I really was enjoying it and having lots of fun and I was meeting amazing people. Like that's my favorite thing about Instagram is that you can still actually meet and make friends on there because it's like so open and, you know, most people have public profiles. Of course, there are some people with private Mm -hmm. profiles, but in general, you can just reach out to anyone, whether it's a brand or a person, a friend, a celebrity, you know, you just never know who's going to reply to you or comment on your photo. And it was just so fun and enjoyable to me. And so last year in 2017, for the first six months of the year, I was part of a mastermind group. Have you ever done a mastermind or do you know what that is?
2: Yeah, I've never done one yet, but for go-getters that may be new to that term, maybe if you can just give a little bit more insight Yeah, sure. Because I talk
0: about masterminds. I was just blabbing about it last week with my girlfriend and she, after like the sixth time, she was like, what is that? So I was part of this mastermind group, which was a group of, there was two women led it and they were both business coaches. And there were four of us enrolled in the group. and We paid to be a part of it, to get their business advice and to get each other's business advice. And they had different kind of programming involved in it each month. So it was a paid program, but we met Twice a month, I had additional coaching calls with the two women who led it each month. And it was just, they encouraged me to sort of transform my business. And I came up with this idea, Instamistic, and they were just so supportive and encouraging of me. And so really it's thanks to this like amazing group of women in the mastermind group at each meeting, you'd kind of present whatever you are dealing with in your business at that time. And then everyone would give input. So some of the other women in our group were starting a new retail store, for example. So we had all had different kind of struggles and different niches that we were in, but we could still benefit from each other's advice. So if you're listening and have an opportunity to do a mastermind group, I highly encourage it because that's the whole reason why I really went headfirst into this switch of my business. And they supported me when I was like, I think I'm going to have a launch party for this. And they all came to my, I just, you know, I'd never really celebrated Mm. my own business. You know, I'd spent so many years trying to boost up all of my clients and working a long time, you know, doing all their social media updates. And I had never really developed my own brand and just having their support and being able to bounce ideas off of them. It was like, the kind of the push that I needed to really realize that I wanted to brand myself and my business and sort of pursue this niche because it is scary to limit yourself to such a specific niche of people and to make your brand all pink which mine is <laughs> because you're going to alienate some people and I'm not for everyone and that's fine. So I don't I don't know how to wrap this up in a pretty bow but that is how I got to where I am today.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, as you kind of made the switch and Things started to take off. You know, now that you're about a year into this, and again, I don't know if I made that term up, Tori. I could have, the micro niche term. I don't know, but you should just say you did. (laughs) (laughs) So, taking a step back now, a year later, is there anything you would have done differently?
0: So, for the past year, I've been obsessed with growing my email list. I don't know if anyone else is in the same boat, but I feel like everywhere I turn, every business coach that you see on Facebook and Instagram is like, how to grow your list? You have to grow your list. And I've been completely obsessed with it. So if I could have done anything differently, it would have been to have started building my list earlier. You can never start too early. You could even not even have a business and you could start compiling a list. Ask your friends and family if they'll be on your list (laughs) because just the more people you have on your email list... It makes it easier than to sell packages later down the road. I developed an online course last year, which was basically my Instagram coaching package turned into an e-course. And I released that in October of last year. And it was successful and it had a conversion rate that was on par with industry standards, but I had a very small list. So I didn't sell a lot of courses, but the conversion rate, you know, it's like 2% of people on your list typically will buy your course or your package or whatever you're trying to sell. So I just, I wish I had more people on my list, of course. So I spent a lot of time working on that.
2: And I think that makes sense. It's funny you mentioned about growing your own list. I was having a conversation with one of my mentees about you know, building a brand and building a business and that sort of thing. And I kind of gave her the same advice that her whole business up until this point was all on social media. So she had like a Facebook page and I think she did a lot on Snapchat and just different tools, but she didn't really own anything. And right. you know, one of the things I mentioned to her was that you know, you're really building the social media platforms business, right? Like, let's say if one of these was to shut down, you wouldn't have a list, you wouldn't have something to fall back on in terms of how do you take that and like repurpose and start something different. So I think just from a risk perspective, go-getters out there kind of do what Tori did, like build your own email list. That's your own list of followers, right? Does it, you know, and they follow you wherever. Build your own website, have your own domain name, you know, just things like to make sure things are under your name and under your control. Because you never know, things change so quickly and dynamically in the world. I think it's just a great way to protect yourself. What do yeah, you? Yeah. Any, any
0: thoughts I, on that? I completely agree, and I think especially, you know, people tend to flip out a little bit about the algorithms, and I don't really worry too much about that. I think if you're authentic and have some strategy behind what you're sharing and you go out and outreach to other people that you'll be fine. But so many people get so flipped out about the algorithm and my posts aren't being seen and all this stuff. Well, if you develop an email list, then it doesn't really have anything to do with the algorithm. Of course, you're not going to have 100% open rate on anything ever. (laughs) So 100% of those people won't see your stuff, but you will own that list. And so like, if Snapchat got bought out tomorrow and cease to exist anymore, which is possible. It's totally possible. You would really lose that entire following there. So encouraging people to join your email list. And what I do and what I've learned from a lot of other people is to have some kind of like a freebie that you offer to people. So like for me, my latest freebie that I offer to everyone is a tutorial on how to create really good looking Instagram stories, highlights, those little highlight balls that show up underneath of your bio So I created like a little screen share video of exactly how I do that and how I make the covers look pretty and all that kind of stuff. And so if people want to unlock that video, they have to share their email address with me. So that's one of the strategies that I use to grow my list because like you said, these social networks, we're putting a lot of effort into growing up their businesses, basically. And it's great to have a lot of followers. And I love having a lot of followers. But you know, who knows what I might do later in the future. So it's nice to have everyone's email address too.
2: Yeah, I would totally agree. And go getters, we will put Tori's freebie, her Instagram tutorial. I really I cannot wait to watch this to look at this tutorial because I so need help
0: <laughs> it's really fun and I, I created the tutorial the day that it was Lucy's birthday <laughs> so all the stories that are in the video are from Lucy's birthday so you can see her with her birthday present and me shopping for her birthday present and it's so it's fun there's puppies included it's educational and there's a dog so yeah. I mean,
2: you can't go wrong <laughs> you can't anything with puppies I'm there I'm so there Tori <laughs> um, so one question and I'm gonna live vicariously through you for a second here with this question when you were you know starting to really grow your brand so you went you mentioned earlier that you went from 15 i think you said 1500 to like ten thousand in about a year's time frame when you were kind of growing at that level at what point did you realize like man what i'm doing is really working like at one point in that journey or was it just like an overnight it just like wildfire happened type thing I mean, it
0: did happen pretty quickly. I mean, that was over a year, but it was probably slower to go at the beginning. And then it kind of picked up more momentum. And then I became obsessed with having to get to 10,000 because when you go from anything below 10,000 up to 10K, you get that little K on your profile. (laughs) And I was just obsessed. So I spent hours and hours every day on Instagram. Trying to grow it, but yeah, I remember just you know realizing like how many I was growing each week, and then I, if I was consistent with my engagement and all the different things that I was doing, I could predict how many new followers I would get each week. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. So right now I grow, I think about four hundred followers per week, and at that time I was probably growing more like five or six hundred per week. So it was really fast, but I was really, I was putting insane amount of time into it. And now I've sort of (laughs) regulated my time and spend what I consider to be a normal amount of time on it. But that's what's really cool. I think if you... Like I have always been really into the numbers and the data and I love looking at my Google Analytics and seeing what performed well or where my traffic came from. And I just... I love looking at the back end numbers of stuff. So I just think it's really interesting if you can get familiar enough with the numbers mm-hmm. that you can predict how many likes a photo will get or how many followers you're going to get each week. Then it means that you, you know your business well and you can kind of make projections just like like you would like financial projections.
2: Okay. Okay. That's very insightful. And so I'm curious when you say hours, you know, when you were growing that five to 600 a week, well, how many hours would you say in a day you were spending like really kind of an hour spending, but one, but I think it'd be interesting to understand, like, was it spending time engaging with other like replies and likes, or were you just posting content? If you can just share like the one thing you did. Yeah,
0: sure. So my strategy, when I started to first take my Instagram account really seriously, I don't think I ever posted more than once a day unless there was some kind of special occasion going on or something like that. So I've always kind of been a once a day or like five days a week. I don't usually always post on the weekends. There was a time when I posted Monday through Saturday. Yeah. I think when I was in that really crazy growth period, I posted Monday through Saturday. And these days I only do Monday through Friday. But back then when I was growing like crazy, I was probably spending more than two hours a day (laughs) on it, (laughs) which is a lot of time. But it goes by very quickly. If you're like, you know, having your coffee in the morning and doing Instagramming, an hour goes by very quickly. And then if you're sitting on the couch at night watching TV, again, like another hour just flies by. So it didn't seem like it was consuming my life, but I was spending a lot of time doing it. And the main thing that I did then and that I still do now to grow my account, because I mean, my account, I follow lots and lots of dogs and I love follow, I love to see all these dogs and all these dog moms and stuff like that. Like I really enjoy it. It's not a chore for me ever. And so I think that That would probably be some good advice for someone if you're trying to grow an Instagram account. Make sure that you're like really passionate about whatever you're posting about and who you're engaging with. And the bulk of my time I spend going on hashtags and liking and commenting on a lot of posts under each hashtag and then going in my explore feed and finding hopefully like new accounts that I haven't seen before and liking them and commenting on their stuff and usually if I find someone who I really really like their feed I'll follow them and if it's a chocolate lab I'll almost always follow them.
2: (laughs) That's awesome.
1: Now available on Amazon, management consultant and author Christy Lindor shares career secrets based on 15 years of experience working at top firms in a new book called The MeeCee Muse. 100 plus selected practices, unwritten rules and habits of great consultants, The MeeCee Muse provides insights, stories and strategies on the unwritten rules of the consulting profession. Christy conducted research and connected with 50-plus industry titans across 27 professional service organizations on what makes a great consultant. For book reviews, tour dates, and more info, go to www.mcnews.us. So, you know, I've got a couple more questions. So, one...
2: Tori, what are your thoughts on the ability to monetize your social media account? So that's a question that I get from people that are, you know, like myself, employed at a consulting firm and maybe looking to have like a side hustle. And then others that they're looking, you know, entrepreneurs that are looking to add an additional revenue stream, or how do they, you know, monetize their blog? Any perspectives on that? Yeah,
0: sure. So when you say monetizing your Instagram account, most people mean like doing sponsored posts. Is that what you're talking about?
2: I guess it's just any way to kind of generate revenue, whether it's through okay. sponsor accounts or, you know, any kind of insights. Would be- okay.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, right off the top of my head, there's a couple of different ways that you could monetize your Instagram account. You could do sponsored posts. You generally most people would require you to have like at least 5000 followers to do that. But different people, different organizations, different companies have different requirements. And some people don't care about your number of followers at all. They just want they might just like your photography style or like your brand, or maybe you have a really highly engaged fan base, and you get more traction on your post than someone who has 10,000 followers, who knows. So there's a lot of different variables. And there's not like one number that you have to hit in order to do sponsored content. But you can can look up like a sponsored content network or a sponsored post network. You can Google those. And there's a bunch of different companies that exist that facilitate these kinds of relationships between influencers and brands. And so just like any kind of ad agency, they have a bunch of brands that they work with and some kind of a set budget and some sort of product that they want to promote. And they might send you the product. They might just ask you to talk about some kind of service or experience. And they might pay you anywhere between $10 or $300 or more, depending on who you are. So it's really, really like the Wild West, I think still like influencer marketing is such a buzzword and a hot topic right now. But there's zero regulation about it at all. I mean, there is regulation that you have to disclose if you're being paid to talk about something. But other than that, there's no like standardization of how many followers, like number of followers does not equal amount that you would be paid for something. So it's really just kind of up to you. And if you are a real go-getter, you can kind of just go out and approach brands and see if they want to do some sponsored content with you. I've done that as well. Another sort of a different way that you could approach monetizing your social media is to use like affiliate links. So if you have a lot of followers, and you think you can get a lot of clicks on something, you could share, you know, affiliate links on Amazon or many other different sites, and you could get paid a small commission if someone buys something that you promote. So you could try that approach. And with all those things, you have to disclose that it's an affiliate link and that you could make money off of it. When in doubt, always tell people what you're up to. <laughs> and then another way you could monetize your following is like I was talking about how your email list size correlates to how many people will purchase one of your products or one of your courses or something like that. You could, you know, encourage people on your who are following you on social media to what you're offering. I think a lot of people forget to mention that, you know, they love to talk about what they do and what they're working on and all this stuff, but they forget to tell their followers that they're available for hire. And that's an important key message if you're trying to make some money.
2: Yeah. I think that's really good advice. You know, one question as I have you here, Tori, I get conflicting perspectives on this topic, and I'd love to hear your perspective. So, I hear some marketers really advise people that they should focus on specific, you know, only specific social media channels where their target market is, right? So, for example, if you have a product that is, you know, sold to baby boomers, maybe Snapchat is not where you want to be because. You know, most baby boomers are probably not on there. I mean, I'm sure it's growing, but I think for the most part, a lot of baby boomers are on more, you know, other types of channels like Facebook or LinkedIn or that sort. And then I hear other marketers say, well, it doesn't matter. You should be on all social media channels, regardless of where your target market is to have that type of visibility, regardless of, you know, kind of the tone of your brand what's your perspective? I know you do kind of micro niche, but you used to be kind of across all social media. What is the take you have on that?
0: Okay, so can I say both? (laughs) Okay. So first of all, I do think that it is a really good idea to claim your username on as many places as you can, just so that like no one else takes it. And then also by claiming your username or your brand name on all these different networks. That will also help your SEO ranking a little bit on Google because you'll have more inbound, I think that's the right term, more links leading to your website. You know, if you create a profile on every different social network and it directs to your website, that's more outside links going to your website. And so Google will see that and, you know, assign a little bit more reputability to your website. So that's a perk for sure. However, it is unrealistic to be able to populate content and manage audiences and manage communities in all these different places. So while I agree that you should claim all of these things, I also agree that you should pick the ones that are going to be most beneficial to you. And it might not always be what you think it is. Like So for my Instamistic account, I have a Instagram account called at Instamistic. I post really curated, beautiful photos over there. But I actually do ads on Facebook, because I think that my target audience if I'm trying to attract people who need help with their Instagram accounts, maybe they're not spending a lot of time on Instagram. Maybe they're on Facebook more because, you know, that's where they feel like their business customers are, or their friends are, or something like that. So I actually do Facebook ads to attract people who need help with Instagram. So sometimes you have to like step back and look at it. Like where is your target customer? It might not be like where you want them to end up.
2: Mm. I think that's good advice. That sounds really good. Well, thank you. Thank you for your perspective on that. And so this one, I know it's a it's a fun fact you shared about, you know, you studied at the, the London College of Fashion, and you studied the history of the stiletto. And I was actually very intrigued by that. As someone who myself, I love shoes. I'm, you know, there's the term foodie. I feel like I'm a shootie. <laughs> <laughs> So when I saw that, I was like, "Ooh!" So share with us, like, share with the Go Getters, like, what's a fun fact about stilettos that you learned in your time? Oh gosh, yeah. Well, I
0: can't remember the course because I was in college a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> but when I was sending you that little fun fact, I did Google it really quick because the book is just called Stiletto. I thought it was called History of the Stiletto, but that was just like a module in this fashion history course that I was taking. And we had the author of that book, I think her name is Caroline Cox, came and spoke to our class and she wrote this whole book called Stiletto. And it's very interesting. I you know, I can't remember. I feel like there's some sort of fact way back in my brain about them being used as like weapons, which I could totally see. Yeah. Oh yeah.
2: Oh yeah. (laughs) That makes so much sense.
0: (laughs) And I think I might have also been in that class, but actually like men wore high heels before women. Like if you look back at portraits of like King Henry VIII, they were way more dolled up than the women <laughs> were. I mean, it was very ornate. And all of those like French noble men and kings and stuff, they all wore high heels. So it's very interesting history to look up. I You can order the book on Amazon. I just looked it up last night. So it's really fun little book to read.
2: Yeah, I'm gonna have to brush up. on I mean, it definitely piqued my curiosity. I never thought about it. Up until I saw your fun fact, I was like, Oh, I need to look into this a little bit.
0: Yeah, my mom always likes to tease me that I went to college and had a course called the history of the stiletto, which is a little bit of an exaggeration, but I'll take it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, tell us, you know, you also have a podcast and a blog with the podcast, maybe tell us a little bit about that.
0: Yeah. So my blog is called Wear Wag Repeat. It's W-E-A-R because it's about style and dogs. So on there, you can find a lot of like style photos of me and my dog, Lucy. And I also do crafts and DIYs and recipes for dog treats and things like that. And then we also like to travel and take road trips and go to dog-friendly stores and dog-friendly restaurants and things like that. So it's basically all the things you could want if you you know, want your dog to be with you all the time and still do fun things, which is I think what we all want in life. So my blog is really fun. And last year I've been listening to podcasts. I probably like a lot of people, I got into podcasts listening to serial. And I was obsessed with that show. And I started listening to more and more. And then now I can barely walk my dog without listening to one. I'm just like addicted. And so I had the idea last year to start my own podcast. And it goes along with my blog. And so it's also called Wear, Wag, Repeat. And you can find it everywhere you listen to podcasts, where you're listening right now. (laughs) And on that show, I interview women entrepreneurs in the pet industry. So once again, it's very micro niche, but it's been really, really fun. And there's just... Within that little micro niche, there are actually so many different specialties I've interviewed, pet photographers, people who make dog treats, someone who has a Kickstarter, who, she's making like a better dog crate. There's just so many cool people who I've met all over the world. And it's just been really fun. I'm sure you can relate. It's just kind of cool to talk to someone for half an hour who you've never met before, and learn all about them. And you kind of now have friends all over the world, which is really fun.
2: Yeah, well, definitely. Definitely go get her if we'll post a link directly to the blog and that post. Tori, this is such a great conversation. I think you live such a fabulous life. I'm just going to put it out there. It just, I just, <laughs> It's just so great. And I'm sure, you know, folks check out Tori. I know I'm going to be reaching out to you because I need to step up some things and hopefully, you know, have a brand that really pops the ways yours do. So thank you for taking time to connect with us, Tori. It
0: is my absolute pleasure.
2: Yeah. And thank you, my go getters, for tuning in today. This is Christy Lindor signing out for the Missy Muse Unplugged Pop Up Podcast. Here's to your journey to greatness. Tune in every Friday for new episodes syndicated on iTunes, Google Play Music, and many more. Visit www.misimuse.com for more information.